I love a good martial arts debate, don't you? Just two passionate people passionately shouting about how rubber guard actually does work in MMA and TRT should be legal. But by the time the cage door is closed and locked shut, pretty much anything can happen. Yeah, we know there are rules, but between leg snapping, eyes getting poked, or contests that turn into relentless beatings, well, you can never really be sure just how a fight will end. To make things worse, there's not always a right way to handle these situations. The referee will always do what they think is best, but that doesn't mean we, the community, always agree with them or each other. I know there's nothing more fun than having a shouting match with your buddy during a pay-per-view about whether Diaz is just biding his time or is basically out on his feet, so we put together a list of all the finishes that cause debate, division, or passionate discussion amongst the fanbase. And here they are. I'm Bailey in from MMA on Point, and UFC 273 is inbound. Yep, the Bet Online boys, official partners to MMA on Point, are here to hype some fights. So, you feeling confident about who wins? Well, this weekend during our live UFC 273 fight companion, you can play along with us using the code ONPOINT to get a 50% sign-up bonus good for up to $1,000. More on that later, but for now, this is 10 finishes that divided the MMA community. Number 10. Khalil Roundtree vs. Modestus Bukalkas one of the most violent men in the light heavyweight division, that bloke Khalil Roundtree, can seriously put a beating on someone. And when he fought Cage Warriors vet Modestus Bukalkas, he seemed pretty determined to show off his Muay Thai arsenal as well as a particularly nasty oblique kick, which he then used to stomp on the lead leg of Modestus throughout the entire fight. Halfway through the second round, and Khalil landed the shot perfectly, absolutely destroying the knee of Modestus and sending him crippled to the canvas. There's no way he'd continue after that one. But damn, oblique kicks were already controversial. This sent that conversation into a tailspin. Bilal Muhammad, Jamal Hill, Kelvin Gastelum and Nick Lentz were among the many who called for the strike to finally be made illegal. We'd seen the damage John Jones could do with it, as well as injuries sustained by Stephen Thompson and Robert Whittaker. But most fans just didn't see it as a problem, though, especially when you can drill people with head kicks and knees or snap joints with submissions. And as fans, well, a lot of them don't have to worry about the damage the strike does, just if it makes for an entertaining fight. Modestus himself said post-fight it was his job to defend against the strike. Joe Rogan believed guys weren't all defensively capable of protecting themselves from it yet. But the question was, should fighters be looking to cause injuries or just win the fight? Number 9. Matt Hughes versus Carlos Newton the list of dominant champions at 170 pounds in the UFC is pretty short, and on that list you'll definitely find Matt Hughes. He fought in the UFC a couple of times before, but never on more than a one-fight contract, but once he was here, he was here to stay, and he was matched up against the champion at the time, Carlos Newton, at UFC 34. It turned into a great grappling contest, and at the start of the second round, Carlos threw up a triangle which was very tight, so Matt decided the best way to deal with it was to pick him up, walk into his corner, and slam him into the canvas, which knocked Carlos out cold. The only thing was, it became clear as soon as the fight was over, Matt was also unconscious himself. It even took him a few seconds to realize he'd won and start celebrating. But of course, the ref didn't see this, and so Matt was awarded the win and the title, but you better believe the MMA community had a lot to say about that. Hughes explained he could feel himself going out and so made a last-ditch effort to win the fight, slamming Carlos with all he had. But the ref was too busy attending to notice, and a lot of people thought the fight should become a no contest as a result, similar to what happened later with Gray Maynard and Rob Emerson. Both guys couldn't continue, so it was a no contest. This was also a title fight, so there was a lot on the line, and fans of Newton thought he'd been robbed. Matt had gone to sleep with the choke, the fight should have been over at that point, but fans of Hughes could easily look past the fact he may or may not have been unconscious, Newton clearly was, and Matt was able to stand at the end of the fight. It was so controversial that they booked a rematch and fought eight months later. That time, Matt won by TKO in the fourth round, so there were no arguments there, but it was a topic of hot debate for a while. Number 8. The BMF Title Fight 
At one point, Jorge Masvidal was doing a lot of cool shit, knocking people out in five seconds, dressing like an 80s movie gangster and making up his own catchphrases. It was super necessary. 2019 was his year. He had two big knockouts and the UFC were looking to capitalize. Nate Diaz needed an opponent and so the BMF baddest motherfucker belt was created for the two veterans and two of the most savage men in the game. They fought for it in New York at UFC 244. This was a big show and a big fight, at least in terms of the amount of fan attention and people watching. It was also a fight with a Diaz brother who you can never really count out until the final belt. Unfortunately, though, the whole thing was kind of marred by how it all ended. From the opening bell, Jorge came out and laid it on Nate, landing hooks, nasty kicks, and the damage kind of built and built across three rounds with Diaz somehow surviving. It honestly wasn't that competitive of a fight, but towards the end of the third, Jorge showed signs he was perhaps slowing, which lit a fire under Diaz and his fans. But just as the final two rounds were about to start, the ref waved off the fight due to the fountains of blood coming from a cut on Nate's face. This upset a lot of people. Okay, yes, some agreed the fight should be stopped, Diaz had been taking a beating. Some like Dan Hardy suspected Jorge might have been carrying Nate through the contest even, and cut or no cut, Diaz was not coming back. But many other fans and fighters felt as if Diaz was just about to get going, that the inexperienced New York Commission had stopped the fight early, especially as it was supposed to be one of the biggest fights of the year and for a title, even if it was kind of made up. Michael Chandler and Chito Vera were among many that thought the ref and commission were to blame. A lot of fans did side with them, but a lot of others agreed with the stoppage and that Nate was not going to win the fight. Kind of sucks that they botched the ending on this one, but what do you think? Number seven, Yoel Romero versus Tim Kennedy. Damn, what a middleweight fight this was. Romero had just arrived in the UFC and we were still seeing where his upper limits lay in the rest of the division. Tim was a strike force vet who had already fought many of the best 185ers in the world, but was determined to make his way to a UFC title. And damn, this fight was a war. After going back and forth in the second round, Tim managed to illegally hook his fingers inside Yoel's glove and land two hard uppercuts that nearly had Romero out on his feet. And he saw the opportunity to pour on the damage until the horn sounded with Mike Goldberg literally shouting, save by the bell. Saved by the bell. But this is where things got really confusing. One of the UFC cutmen put too much Vaseline on Romero in the corner. Everyone left the cage as the round was supposed to start, but ref Big John McCarthy noticed and called Romero's corner back to wipe the excess Vaseline off his face. The only problem was they didn't really understand what John was asking as they don't speak English and no one took the stool away during this whole time, so Romero sat down and got an extra 30 seconds or so recovery time after nearly being knocked out. Tim was fuming and he and many others called it an old school trick to allow Romero extra time, which it certainly seemed to be, but the UFC cutman was to blame for putting on too much Vaseline. Or was it John McCarthy for not removing the stool himself? Or being more insistent that Yoel just stood up? Dana White didn't solely put the blame on Yoel, but he did say, I don't care what language you speak, you know what get the hell out of here means. Hector Lombard and Kenny Florian gave props to Yoel for his performance, whereas Dustin Kimura and TJ Grant called for the fight to be stopped after the second round. And Ben Askren and Cub Swanson just straight up called out Yoel for his supposed shady tactics. To make matters worse, Romero came out in the third round and KO'd Tim in just one minute. Who's to blame for this one then? Number 6. Kimbo Slice vs. Seth Petrozelli After Kimbo Slice had built a reputation on the streets of Miami as a ruthless bare-knuckle brawler, it was only a matter of time before an MMA promotion reached out looking to book him in an official contest. Elite XC was just that organization. Signings like Kimbo Slice drew a lot of eyes to the promotion, which translated into TV ratings, national TV ratings at that, and Kimbo won his first three fights all by finish. They matched him up with MMA pioneer Ken Shamrock in Florida, but while warming up for the fight, Ken got a cut above his eye and had to pull out. It was okay though, because a late notice replaced and complete unknown was found in the form of Seth Petrozelli, 
To the casual fans, Kimbo was an unstoppable street warrior who would dust this late notice replacement in a matter of seconds. But pretty much the worst case scenario played out, Kimbo was KO'd in just 14. This was enough of a series of unfortunate events that a lot of the fan base screamed fixed fight. Some of the hardcores were just pissed that it was being broadcast to the masses on national TV and this was their first impression of MMA. Some of the newer fans were just unable to believe that Kimbo could be knocked out so easily and so quickly. Michael Wilbon from ESPN came out and called Kimbo Slice a fake, straight up declaring that the fight was fixed, which, if you know anything about combat sports, is a serious accusation. In reality, Seth had hinted that he'd been given an incentive to keep the fight standing and not take Kimbo down. A full investigation was launched by the Florida Boxing Commission. They were cleared of any wrongdoing, but by then, Elite XC had already gone out of business. Most of the hardcores were already aware of the inexperience of Kimbo, seeing him get flash KO'd. Man, you know, that could happen to anybody, especially someone with only three fights. But the casuals? Oh no, Kimbo took a dive and they were super pissed. Number five, Anderson Silva versus Yushin Okami. The young and hungry version of Anderson Silva was a terrifying force. He went from Brazil to Japan and then England, TKOing people across the planet and unleashing his acrobatic Muay Thai techniques onto unsuspecting faces. Amidst his cage rage middleweight championship reign, he flew to Hawaii to fight in Rumble on the Rock 8 against Yushin Okami. And I'm not saying it's confusing switching between promotions and countries, but well, here's what happened next. Anderson was laying the damage into Okami. I mean, he'd barely landed a strike in return, although eventually he got him down and got on top. He was in Anderson's guard before he slipped a foot on the outside and up kicked him right on the jaw. It was a beautiful shot. It was also illegal. Not sure how many people knew that, though. The commentators began praising his performance, even talked about him advancing to the next round of the tournament, and Anderson started celebrating, but when they read the judge's decision, the spider was DQ'd, and, well, a lot of people were pissed. Mainly at the ruling, really, which kind of became a subject of debate, especially because Pride was so popular at the time where those kicks were legal, and now Anderson Silva, the man expected to win the whole tournament, had just been disqualified in the first round. The same thing kind of happened in rings with Fedor in the 2000 King of Kings tournament. He beat Ricardo Arona in the first round, but but literally in the first exchange of his next fight, he was grazed by an elbow and he opened a cut and 17 seconds into the contest, it was stopped and Fader was handed his first TKO loss. Yeah, again, kind of a bullshit ruling that resulted in a near undefeated fighter taking a loss. Also, elbows were illegal in rings, so the community weren't as angry as they were retroactively about this one as Fedor wasn't as well known. It didn't help Japanese networks were super adverse to blood, otherwise the fight probably would have continued. Anderson broke the rules. Some fans were fine with this. The DQ was worrying. But as in the case of Fedor, a lot of the community argued that the rules needed another look at as these two fighters shouldn't have taken those L's. Number 4. Anthony Smith vs Glover Teixeira we already know that to be an MMA fighter, you have to push your capacity for exhaustion, pain, and doubt beyond any normal limit. Then you get the guys in the UFC who are just on another level above that, and people like Anthony Smith with nicknames like Lionheart, who was mortally wounded as a child and saved by half becoming a lion. No, wait, that's dragons. Either way, when Smith fought Glover in a title eliminator, we got to see exactly what that meant. Smith started off really well, but as the fight wore on, Glover's style started to take over, and he dragged him down and beat him over and over again until he was literally apologizing while punching him in the face. Yeah, and Smith told his corner his teeth were falling out. My teeth are falling out. After two consecutive 10-8 rounds, it was at this point, many people felt like the fight should probably have been stopped. But Anthony wasn't going to stop, the ref didn't stop it, his corner didn't stop it, and the beating just continued until he couldn't take any more, and finally it was stopped in the fifth round. And again, there were a lot of people
people who agree and disagree with the way this fight was finished. Some people like Junior Dos Santos praised the referee Jason Herzog in allowing the fight to continue, whereas Michael Chiesa and Max Griffin called for the towel to be thrown in. Mike Perry asked for the coaches to save their fighter, and DC stated that he would have stopped the fight himself. But Anthony posted on Instagram, told everyone to stop worrying about the stoppage, and then told Ariel Hawani he would have fired any of his coaches if they threw in the towel, and many fans agreed with him. I mean, again, they don't call him Lionheart for no reason. Should fighters be saved from themselves? Should they be allowed to continue if they're still fighting? Tough call, this one. Number three, Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Lee. This was a cracker of a matchup at 155 that happened when both men were eyeing up championship contender status. It was two submission fighters going head-to-head. Lee had disc yes as mum. There were a lot of reasons to be excited. Well, sorry we didn't get a definitive conclusion to this contest either. I guess mainly because Mario Yamasaki was refereeing. With 30 seconds left in the first round, Kevin Lee had Mike's back and was working on a rear naked choke, which was locked in. It looked like Chiesa was about to tap, but he didn't. He didn't seem to go unconscious either, but Yamasaki jumped in and stopped the fight. Mike immediately started protesting it wasn't out and Lee started celebrating another rear naked choke victory. The debate here really was, was Mike already finished? Was he ever going to get out of that choke? Was the fight already over when the ref stopped it? If you ask Kevin Lee, yes, he didn't believe Mike was going to escape. He even said post-fight that he went limp as he switched his grip. But ultimately, as a ref, you're supposed to give the fighter the benefit of the doubt, especially with a rear naked choke where he'll most likely just wake up and be fine. A few other people on Twitter agreed, including Derek Brunson, Will Brooks, and Mike Perry. But a lot of other fighters thought it was an early stop. Kevin had also landed some downward elbows that cut Chiesa before the finish, which Mike also tried to appeal when he wanted the result overturned to a no contest, which it was not. The Athletic Commission sided with the ref on this one, but what do you think? Number 2. Ben Askren vs. Robbie Lawler it certainly took a long time for old funky Ben Askren to make his way to the UFC. In fact, he took an 18-0 undefeated record, his retirement, and then a trade to one championship for Demetrius Johnson. When Askren finally arrived, he went straight onto a pay-per-view, UFC 235, and was matched up with the former champion Robbie Lawler. A great fight. In what only could be described as pure chaos, though, the fight started and the two men ran at each other. Ben level changed for a takedown, and Robbie picked him up and slammed him on his head with all the tenacity of a Tasmanian devil, blasting him with right hands, and Ben literally looked like he went unconscious. I I mean, for sure, the fight could have been stopped there, and I'm not sure many would have complained. What they did complain about is what happened next. Ben survived, wrapped his arms around Robbie's neck in a bulldog choke against the cage, and having seen what Ben could do to a couple of watermelons, safe to say I was a bit concerned. Robbie's arm went limp, and Herb Dean jumped in and stopped the fight. But as soon as he did, Robbie popped up complaining about the stoppage. He certainly didn't seem to be unconscious. Some people thought the ref was to blame, stopping things too early and could have at least let Robbie go unconscious if he wasn't going to tap. Others like Gilbert Burns thought it was a terrible performance in which Ben was slammed, nearly KO'd and given a free stoppage. Chris Weidman simply said, terrible way to win, terrible way to lose, which is pretty accurate. Whereas people like Kenny Florian, Eric Koch and Ken Shamrock praised Ben for the comeback victory. Crazy way to make a debut, from the verge of defeat to victory. The rest of Ben's UFC career showed us how well he competed with the best, but after this fiasco, the community was certainly divided. Number 1. Aljamain Sterling vs. Peter Yarn the bantamweight division has never been hotter. There's tons of top prospects, but the title picture has been a little hazy ever since Henry Cejudo jumped up to the weight class one and then vacated the belt. But everything seemed like it was going to sort itself out at UFC 259 with a new champion, Peter Yarn, was fighting Aljo Sterling, the clear number one contender. Finally, peace would be restored to the galaxy. The fight itself was kind of chaotic. Sterling threw every strike and every takedown he had at Yan, and the frantic pace he set early seemed to work, but he started slowing down, and in the fourth round, while Aljo was on his knees and while Yan's corner was shouting, 
shouting, just punch, just punch. He leveled a knee to Sterling's head and it sent him reeling to the canvas. Damn, I mean, that's like having a big red button on the wall that says, don't push me. But Jan is one of the best in the world. Momentary lapse of concentration, intentional, mistimed. There were a lot of different opinions on this one. The thing that split the community the most though, was it a significant enough strike to end the contest? Because that's what happened. Aljamain couldn't continue and he was crowned the new champion by disqualification. A ton of the community called Aljo out, claiming he was putting on an act that he didn't cause as much damage as he was making out and that he should not only get an Oscar for his performance, but should relinquish the title back to the champion. TJ Dillashaw and Darren Till were among them, saying he deserved an Oscar for that performance, and some like Tony Ferguson just kind of acknowledged the whole situation was fucked up and supported Aljo. Others like Justin Gaethje and Brad Tavares thought the whole discussion was irrelevant. He was hit with an illegal strike, it's a DQ, and Aljo shouldn't even be asked if he can continue. It shouldn't even be up to him. We saw this again in the Diego Sanchez versus Michelle Pereira fight. Diego was hit with an illegal knee whilst grounded and after asking the ref if it would be a DQ if he couldn't continue, he said he couldn't and, well, he won. Which, again, split the community right down the middle, but it wasn't like he was the one who messed up in the first place. Wouldn't no contest just be a whole lot easier? No? Oh, okay, I guess then don't break the rules. But still, it's nice to have these debates once in a while. Careful, though, this sport will drive you crazy. Thanks again to our official partners Bet Online, and make sure you come and join us this weekend for our live companion for UFC 273 in studio. You can play along with us at betonline.ag using the code on point. You get 50% sign-up bonus, good for up to $1,000. We'll see you at the violence, fight fans. A big shout-out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further. And I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.